Hello and welcome back to the Optimizing Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Kendall. On this show, we take an engineering approach and speak to the experts about the insights into weight loss, fasting and nutrition, as well as real life people about their journey of nutritional optimization. Welcome, Andreas Einfeld. Such an honor to talk to you again. Uh, how are you doing over there? Thanks, Marty. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Doing well. Yeah, that's great. Looking looking healthy, looking fit, looking lean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Might have something to do with the, the gym stuff in the background. I'm, yeah, I'm in the, in the garage here. Um, looks, a, looks a bit like my garage at the moment. It's uh, good, good to have a, a home gym in lockdown, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully going to be easier to go to other gyms as well in the future. Pretty Eventually. soon, I hope. Yeah. So uh, other than just uh, lifting weights, um, you've been you know, having new adventures in, in nutrition and uh, go, coming on, on Twitter and sort of changing uh, your direction of, of Diet Doctor from your own N equals one experiment and um, caused a lot of discussions. So I thought it'd be interesting to get you on to have a bit of a chat. A lot of people wanted to know what you learned and um, more about it. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always, of course, aim to learn new things mm. and evolve thinking. I think, yeah, I, everybody does that, obviously. But yeah. I think it's, it's such an important thing to yeah, to evolve and learn. Uh, though I, I still think that, you know, where we started out, where I started out in the company, the diet doctor started out, uh, you, know, you know, more than a dec decade ago, really. Uh, with trying to make low carb simple for people, mm. it's still at the core of what we do. It's more yeah, definitely. about you know what's the, be the best way to do that mm. for di different kinds of people, and how you can tweak it for different goals and different situations when you're. And then, of depending course, depending on I mean, where you're at, it's not about you know low carb at the core. It's really about empowering people to improve their health. And I mean, that's mm. where I'm coming from. I'm a family doctor. I used to mm. you know work with patients every day. Trying to help people with uh, obesity, type two diabetes, hypertension, etc., just remove some of the causes of of those mm. health issues, and uh, still think that you know removing refined carbohydrates and mm. sugar is, is at the core of of that. Just empty calories with no nutrients. I notice you've been talking yeah. more about nutrients and empty calories in some of your videos, which is really good to see as well. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, uh, certainly sugar. Refined carbohydrates is probably the biggest source of empty mm. calories in the processed food environment of today. But mm. you know, added fats mm. play a big role too. Yeah, they sort of come together to create the perfect storm that we can't stop eating. So, how did you? Yeah, indeed. Decide to dive into the, the this new adventure for yourself and an equals one experiment, and um, with some fascinating results and. Um, which has then sort of flowed into the company in a, in a new niche in Diet Doctor, as you said, for people who want a different direction as well, depending on where the, what the goals are in the context. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wouldn't overemphasize N equals one experiences. It's really about, I think, trying to follow the the big picture, what the best best evidence we have overall. I think I've been quite influenced by, you know, some smart people online, such as yourself, mm. of course, uh, you. you know, Dr. Ted Nyman, certainly, mm. who's also working with us now in the company. Um, I think he is a truly smart person at sort mm. of boiling things down to yeah. first principles and, you know, what are the underlying fundamental scientific sort of mm. laws that govern you know satiety per calorie for example is a yeah it's a powerful concept i think yeah like um, yeah what kind of foods will result in wanting to eat less yeah and uh and, you know the work of robin Heimer and simpson and, mm. uh, and so on right uh, powerful stuff influential uh to me so i mean I think that the, the biggest change uh, for me over the last few years, well, really five years, but perhaps mostly in the last last two years, is 
is just going from this place where I, well, I'm coming from the carbohydrate insulin model of, of yep. thinking about yeah. obesity, et cetera. And I, I think it's a, you know, it's a good framework and, and uh, it can be helpful. Mm. But I think in the last few years, well, five perhaps, but even more over the last few years, it's become mm. clear that it's, uh, it's perhaps not a perfect model to explain. Mm. To have as a main model to explain everything when it comes to obesity mm. and metabolic health. Mm. And I think other things come into it too. Mm. And looking at the, the work of Robin Hybrid and Samson, it's, it's quite interesting. So you get into things like uh, increasing the nutrition and uh, reducing the amount of energy, sort of yeah. like the PE diet by Ted Nyman, if you will, mm. and, uh, and maximizing satiety per calorie that may not be best done by just adding a lot of fat instead of mm. carbs. Mm. You may instead want to increase protein and other nutrients to a larger extent. Mm. And then you start going down the rabbit hole and, and looking at all these studies because, I mean, ultimately for me and for the company, uh, for Diet Doctor, we try to be evidence-based and follow the best mm. available evidence. I mean, there, there are lots of studies showing that, you know, a low carb, higher fat diet or an Atkins style diet, if you will, mm. can be more effective for weight loss mm. and metabolic health than a low fat diet. But why is that? Is that because mm. you take carbs and replace it with fat? Oh, not necessarily because mm. pretty much all of these studies proving that it's an effective approach they also end up eating more protein. More protein, yeah. When, you, when is, you drop the carbs and increase or don't fear the fat, you end up increasing the protein, which comes with nutrients and satiety. Exactly. So then you mm. can't really say that, oh, these diets work by reducing carbs and increasing fat. Mm. Well, maybe, but they also decrease carbs and increase protein. So mm. which one is, you know, really the, the magic thing there? Which one's the biggest lever and, and it, exactly. you can help people. And definitely the not fearing fat in the early days is really helpful to stabilize blood sugars and get you off the blood sugar roller coaster that when you crash your blood sugars, you crave more food. But once that's stable, then it's like, okay, what next? How do I keep on moving forward towards the ultimate goal? And that's where I think um, Ted's simplification of um, Robin Hyber and Simpson's work is just so powerful. And Ted's a lot like you. He, he likes to simplify it for the majority of people who just want, tell me tell me the simple story that I can just apply. And, yeah, it's exactly. a great partnership you guys have got going there. Exactly. But, but then again, you know, I think we shouldn't, you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater and mm. everything because there is something powerful in the sort of Atkins, if mm. you will, sort of low carb, higher fat approach. And that is mm. that you end up with foods that a lot of people really love. Mm. You know, it's really delicious and it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. so sure you can go to the sort of ultimate um, diet to get all shredded and, you know, yeah. the, the bodybuilder or, or fitness professional diet of, you know, chicken breast and broccoli or cotton yeah. broccoli. Yes, it's, it, very, it's not sustainable for most people. But it's not very delicious, you know, it doesn't really <laughs> taste that much. So, I mean, that, that is what makes it harder, right? Trying to balance what is the most effective yeah. versus what is also sustainable for people yeah. Yeah. In, in that it's it's delicious and they love to eat it, you know. So, and mm. then, and, as you know, if you go to the extreme other yeah. end of, of, you know, the most hyper palatable foods on the planet you end up with you know donuts and ice cream yeah. and, and uh, chocolate and um, most people can overeat that no problem um, yeah. so that's the other extreme in a way sort of the process it's interesting to look at this sort of heat map mm. that you get in the Robin Haber and Simpson research mm. papers of different kinds of diets where it's you, where people end up eating the most and the least. And, you know, yes, people eat the least out that the sort of chicken breast and broccoli boring 50% protein sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But that's not sustainable. And then yeah. you, you go to the other extreme and people tend to eat the absolute most at the sort of where many of these processed, ultra processed mm. foods are, you know, the donuts mm. and the and the chocolate, etc. The fat uh, plus carb combo with low protein and low nutrients, and it's cheap and hyper palatable and flavorful and colored French and pizza and, and so yeah. on. But then it's, it's pretty interesting because the processed food industry, they, they have, you know, they've optimized in a way for mm. where do people want to eat the most because that's where you can sell the most food, mm. right? And, and mm. also by coincidence, it happens to be where ingredients are the cheapest, you know, low mm. nutrients, mm. you know, lots of added fat and carbs. So it's like the, the ultimate profit point is mm. where you get uh, people to want to eat the most of the cheapest ingredients. Yeah, and That's where you can make the biggest profit and yeah. you know so that's where you end up with the food industry yeah that just through trying to maximize profit yep. produce the foods that lead to maximum obesity at the lowest price yeah it's it's and great business it's great business but that's where we are i think with the you know that's that's the explanation to the obesity epidemic yeah, in a way totally. because the food industry is incentivized to produce exactly the foods that lead to maximum obesity mm. it's it's a system that is pretty flawed in the way yeah. it's set up like how yeah. do you how do you get away from that you know, yeah those and are then, the foods that people want to eat those are the foods that the industry wants to sell that's where and, obesity is maximized and then it's all subsidized and then there's this whole greenwashed plant-based environmental message behind it that just compounds and you know yeah. religious and ethical background beliefs and it's just a really hard puzzle to unwind yeah. but i think what you're doing is just educating people to say hey these are the foods that will help you get satiety get nutrients and, and reach your goals more effectively once you've stabilized your blood sugars let's maybe look at prioritizing protein and maybe dialing back the fat to lose the body fat yeah i mean you you can of course escape from that strap anybody mm. can i guess one problem is it tends to be a bit more expensive because you can mm. you can eat delicious foods no doubt mm. and lose weight but it's not going to be as cheap mm. as the delicious foods uh, that are <laughs> going to drive mm. up your body weight right so yeah. it, it takes a conscious choice i think and it, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna cost a little bit more you know, to, yeah, the worst foods on the planet are unfortunately very cheap and yeah. very delicious. So <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a problem. It's no wonder we're in the situation we are. Um, so you didn't, you said you didn't want to touch on your N equals one too much, but I mean, your results yeah, are I mean, pretty I'm, amazing I'm, as, as you're focused on, I think, 40% protein and you got yeah. down to some pretty lean body fat and uh your labs looked awesome you don't want to tell us a little bit about yeah, that yeah yeah no no I'm, I'm not against n equals one i'm just saying you know I, I i don't think it's 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 uh it's correct to say that you know we're running this company or that people <laughs> based on some n equals one experiment certainly not but it, it's no. it's nice to do it of course yourself Definitely. to you know try it out and see how it works Mm. for for yourself clearly so i'm i'm a big fan of yeah. experimentation yeah. Uh, and and equals one experimentation on on yourself i think it's, <laughs> it's powerful in some ways yeah. so yeah what what i've done this year you know basically for the last six months is uh significantly uh, take up the protein percentage of of what i eat which means you know eating more high protein foods whether from you know whether whether that's chicken or fish or or, or eggs or whether that's from plant-based sources mm. uh, and then uh, take down the added fat i mean i've always been low low carb mm. for the last 15 years or more but uh, uh but now i also try to moderate fat intake a bit more and mm. drive up protein so what i've noticed is just uh, it, it's such an effect on satiety that you know i end up eating far less mm. and uh and as a result i suppose uh 
um, losing quite a bit of body fat. So, yeah, wow. you know, I never had a, a weight issue, mm. I would say, uh, to speak of. You know, I've always been within uh, normal normal BMIs, but, mm. you know, if I if I just eat a little bit of everything, I tend to drift towards the higher end of, of the normal BMIs. Um, and, you know, going low carb, um, you know, more a bit lower there. Uh, but now, you know, doing this, yeah, I got down to quite low body fat, you know, different measurements, uh, you know, eight, nine percent body fat. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's, that's, that's pretty low when you consider, you know, I, I certainly never uh, go hungry I, mm. I, as much as I like. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't exercise all that much. You yeah. know, maybe twenty minutes a day on average. Yep. Um, yeah, a little bit of exercise every day, but usually not, not a huge amount. Mm. And then, um, um, yeah, uh, also looking at things that I find interesting, like blood pressure and mm. blood sugar levels and insulin levels. You know, every bit as low as as on a on a strict keto diet. In fact, you know, my fasting insulin went down even lower than yeah. than I've measured it on a on a super strict uh, keto diet, which is interesting, right? You, you, yeah, it's you, fascinating. You think, at least for me, for nerds, yeah. right? Like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, so you think, you know, okay, you eat carbs, you get uh, insulin release, and you know, you take away the carbs, you drive down insulin, mm. and sure you do. But now I actually eat slightly more carbs than yeah. than I tended to eat before. I just replaced added fats by protein and a little bit of extra, mm. you know, unprocessed carbohydrates. Mm. And insulin, fasting insulin ends up being lower than ever. Uh, yeah, body it, fat it, percent lower than ever. I I think that's interesting. Yeah, and and that that aligns with the idea that you know insulin is really a anti catabolic hormone that holds back the fat and the stored energy in storage while you continue to eat. So if you decrease your lean, uh, increase your fat mass, increase decrease your stored energy, then then there's less energy to hold in storage. So the real way to decrease insulin is to drop your overall weight. So you just your damn wall comes down and you're not trying to hold back as much stored energy and storage so it all makes perfect sense you know from me looking at my um my wife's cgm full-time and the 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 insulin and when when she doesn't eat when she loses weight she needs less insulin across the day and 80 percent of her daily insulin dose is just to hold her energy and storage so yeah it, it all makes perfect sense but it's hard to see that for most people who think that carbohydrates are the only thing that affects insulin yes i mean i think it's about whether you take the short-term view or the long-term view in a way mm. certainly short-term after a meal mm. insulin is highly influenced by the amount of carbohydrates you eat but mm. when you talk about baseline insulin and fasting mm. insulin it may be more influenced by the level of insulin resistance you have and which is mm. influenced by the amount of fat stores you have so exactly if you're very lean um, body fat percentage is low, then you're extremely insulin sensitive. And yeah, your baseline insulin is going to be very low. So I mean, I'm, mm. yeah, I'm outside of the normal range, <laughs> on, the low, <laughs> on the low end. So <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Com comments from my tests like, yeah, well, this could be type one diabetes, but probably, <laughs> probably not. You could also be on a low carb diet. They say, yeah. <laughs> or a high, high protein percentage diet. So how because, have you, you know, the blood, blood sugar is great too, right? If I had type mm. one diabetes, blood, blood sugar or, is or, or high. I was drifting towards type one, then blood sugar would go on the high end, mm. but it's it's very low as well. So yeah, yeah, that's great. It's just I'm very insulin sensitive, basically. So now you're sort of maintaining that sort of body fat percentage. Have you brought back a bit more energy from fat and carbs to stop? continuing to lose weight or you're continuing to push on with a high protein percentage no but actually i've, I've kind of uh, added back a little bit extra fat mm. and carbs because i just get too lean well you know it's <laughs> fine to fine to be lean i suppose but you know i'm a, i'm a i'm a big tall guy i'm six foot seven 
yeah. you know, if I get down to super lean, I start to lose muscle mass as well. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, I just get more, get leaner than I like to be. So, mm. um, I mean, I guess I'm still in the sort of 35 to 40% protein range, but mm. not trying to push it to 45 or beyond mm. anymore because it just, I can't eat as much as I, you know, need to maintain a, mm. you know, the kind of body mass that I feel most comfortable with. And, and also, I think actually, you know, once you get down to really lean levels, like, you know, for me, eight, nine percent feels like you're, you're sort of at the, I still feel good there, but if I drift mm. lower, I think my energy starts maybe going down a bit. I'm just yeah, and not feeling my absolute best. You can't so, think as clearly and you're not as energetic when you're that no, lean. I think I was kind of I still I'm still feeling good, but but I, I don't think I will feel my best going even mm. lower than that. Mm. So yeah. I'm just trying to balance it where I feel my absolute best, you know. Yeah, no, I think it's a fascinating story just to see how it works in practice that, you know, to lose weight, dial back the energy from fat and carbs. And then once you've reached your goal, bring a little bit of energy back in and allow you to maintain that weight. And you can then enjoy a, a higher fat, still adequate protein diet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just interesting trying to learn, like like Ted, you know, does try to learn from different kinds of people. And mm. uh, you can learn from fitness professionals and bodybuilders. You know, they they take it to the absolute extreme to be as as absolutely lean as they can be mm. to get on, get on stage. But that's not when they feel their best. In fact, mm. they feel quite bad. I feel yeah. absolutely miserable. And it's fascinating yes. to hear the stories of how exactly. to, then they're face down in the pizza and the donuts two hours after the show and the libido is through the floor and they just want to die. They, they, they think they look so hot, but everybody, everybody else thinks they look really sexy, but they don't feel yeah, good exactly. at all. Like, <laughs> There's no motivation people, there. No, I think it's, it's fascinating. Like, yeah, yeah, you have these people who are sort of trying to portray themselves as being, you know, the fittest, uh, healthiest people on the planet, but then they're, you know, the way they, get there they feel so truly bad and their energy mm. is is crashing and just goes to show that uh, yeah it, it may not be something that most people want to pursue you know ultra being mm. ultra lean it may not mm. be the way to well clearly it's not <laughs> yeah. the way to to happiness or energy or the best the best possible life there is a there there is a balance where you know mm. at, at this point you're going to be very healthy mm. and feel really good and if you go below it yeah. you're going to start feeling progressively worse and have less energy so it's like it's yeah. probably not a good idea to go below that yeah. that perfect level you know there is some kind of level where you know you are healthy and you feel great and you know being as lean as possible shouldn't be the goal it should be about finding if you want to, you know, where yeah. are you the healthiest and feeling your best? Yeah, don't, go lot, don't go below it, you know. A lot of people get to where they think they want to be, but then go, oh, I don't feel good and just sort of bring it back up a little bit and then yeah. try to maintain that point, I think is a good approach. So what surprised you from the research the most? What was the, you mentioned Rabenhaver and Simpson and the, yeah, had a chat with them recently, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think the research is absolutely fascinating and, and, you know, it's about protein leverage, of course, you know, for the mm -hmm. listener. Uh, it's about, you know, if you reduce the amount of energy in the food and increase the amount of nutrition or protein, then then people tend mm -hmm. to eat less, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're an animal or, or a fruit mm -hmm. fly or a mouse or an, uh, a monkey or a human. Uh, They've done all... so many amazing studies and they yeah. talk about, you know, tickling locusts and following grasshoppers and following orangutans. And it's just the work they've done is incredible. Yeah. And and it, it, it's really exciting to see this whole sort of landscape uh, of, of different kinds of diets because, uh, you know, I'm coming from the low carb region. Uh, I still think that is a, a great place to mm. be for a lot of people where, you know, you tend to be leaner and also tend to be able to eat foods that are mm. quite delicious mm. but then again there are many many ways to approach weight loss and, and metabolic health 
And you can basically do it with any diet, just tweak it, you know, a bit less empty calories, more mm. nutrition, mm. Um, lower energy density, more fiber. You can start from anywhere, really, and, mm. and make the diet more appropriate for weight loss in a way that suits your preferences. Uh, and that's what's really fascinating to me and, and what we're trying to, to build uh, in the company, build tools to do that, you know, mm. trying to make it so that, uh, you know, not everybody wants to be on a strict low-carb diet forever. Mm. Uh, people may like to eat in a slightly different way mm. and trying to help, uh, you know, all main food preferences to to eat in a healthier way to get mm. a better body weight. I mean, we have this huge issue, right? This is where where I got started uh, back in the days. Huge issue with an obesity epidemic around the world leading to, you know, mm. or, or at least correlated with a diabetes epidemic, a hypertension mm. epidemic, you know, this whole cluster of, of metabolic disease, mm. which really affects most adults or the majority of adults, in, at least in the, in the modernized world. Mm. And, and then driving things like heart disease, cancer, dementia, or, or kind of, you know, mm. it's, a, it's an immense problem. And trying to make a contribution to making yeah. that less of a problem for people and, and uh, helping people eat in a, in a delicious way that fits their preferences, but still get better uh, overall health, mm. help people be, you know, at the body weight that they're happy with and feel good at. That that is what what I you know started out trying to do, and that's that's still what we do. Yeah, I just think that uh, in the last few years, it's become clear to me at least that there are or more clear that there are many ways to approach that. Yeah. But there are also underlying fundamental principles that that yeah. are 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 at play uh, no matter which way you do it. Yeah. So why do you think the? It's, I, I just found it amazing when I realized the power of not more protein, but increasing protein percentage by dialing back fat and carbs. And I thought, why isn't this more well known? It's just crazy that their, their work is not central to all of nutrition. Every nutrition textbook, every nutritionist should be understanding. I, I, I've got a preference for not just protein leverage, but nutrient leverage. But, um, you know, it's just amazing that that's not central getting adequate amino acids, protein, and, and even vitamins and minerals as well per calorie. It's just crazy that that's not more central. Yeah, I think there are some good reasons for that. By the way, the sort of nutrients versus protein, uh, I think it's, it's really fascinating. Of course, it's it's about nutrients. Mm. But then if you look at the uh, essential nutrients that we need, the bulk of that is protein you know mm. by, by weight every day right so mm. so that's the biggest thing the other thing that i find interesting there is that if you eat high protein foods then that tends to come with yeah. the other essential nutrients as well not necessarily Definitely. not always necessarily but in in most cases so again Great. it's like one of those uh, great things that ted does is he simplifies things to to a level where it's you know it's still true but yeah. it's also much much simpler to implement like if you have yeah. to track every nutrient yeah. it's more work than most people would do i mean you're, you're an exception and there are other people <laughs> who, who love to do that i'm sure yeah. but most people want a simple rule i think to make yeah. it easy for them yeah. and if you target protein you tend to get the rest in the vast majority of cases right? definitely 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 and just dialing in that the harder to find vitamins and minerals is just sort of the icing on the cake and we yeah. get even better results when you do that and it's just crazy the you know when people focus on gamifying nutrition and getting the nutrients they need everything else just falls into place and counting calories becomes completely irrelevant but definitely protein amino acids is like you said that you have to prioritize getting that it's the largest by weight in terms of the nutrients and once you get that for the most part, everything else comes along for the ride. Exactly. I mean, and um, and and what you said there, I think, is key, uh, and a key misunderstanding in the world today. And when I look at these different apps and services out there, and and, and expert advice, I think this is the key thing that people get wrong when it comes to weight loss and metabolic health. It's uh, what you say. If you if you if you get the nutrients. Then mm. counting calories becomes irrelevant because mm. you don't want to eat too much. Why would you... <laughs> it's impossible to eat too much of those foods. 
So why would you then even bother with all the time and energy to count it when you don't mm. want to eat more than you need? Yeah. And and uh, I mean, it goes back to like 300 years ago or, you know, 2000 years ago, nobody knew what a calorie was. Yeah. And still nobody had these problems with obesity mm. metabolic disease or, you know, at the very least, it was maybe, you know, kings or, you know, mm. these kind of people who had access to the processed food of the day, maybe. But but most people, they never had these problems. And they never knew what a calorie was, wasn't mm. even, you know, a thing. <laughs> mm. So so clearly, obesity is not about uh, yeah. spending too little time counting calories. It's about yeah. something else. Uh, and it's about, I think, you know, eating foods that makes you want to eat too much. And unfortunately, mm. the food environment today means that 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 is most of the easily available cheap foods. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's you know default is if you don't spend time, you know, trying to understand this and make a conscious choice here. The default if you just do what everybody does, then you end up with these problems most mm. likely. Yeah. But but yeah, you, going back to what you also said there. You know, it's crazy that people don't use this more, mm. etc. I think there are some reasons why this is sort of uh, um, not yet, not just yet fully accepted everywhere and, and implemented everywhere. And of course, it, it, it's primarily perhaps about people being stuck in another another mindset from before and takes mm. time for expression people to, to, to change their thinking was so stuck in this, or a lot of people are so stuck in this sort of calories in, calories out um, mm. overall framework that that it becomes becomes challenging. And th then there, there are all these issues about, you know, the environment, animal mm. rights. I mean, there are many factors driving people towards lower protein diets, mm. where people may think that this is what's best for the environment, this is what's best for animal rights and suffering, etc. And you know, to some extent, that that is a fair, fair concern. I think, as you know, you can of course eat a higher protein diet from plant-based sources as well, though. So if 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 that's what what you aim to do, you can certainly do it. Yeah, with, it's uh, a little bit know, harder, but yeah, yeah. But you know, beans, vegetables, mm. uh, lentils, you know, dairy if you if you allow mm. that, or or even you know, soy. Based mm. products, tofu, etc. Yeah. You can you can eat a very high protein diet based on these kind of things. And yeah, you we know, see people getting great results just on a vegetarian diet alone if you can yeah. optimize it and dial in the nutrients. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible, right? Um, the other concern I think that that kind of uh, holds people off a little bit, certainly in the case of Robin Iber and Simpson, if you read their work, uh, they mm. are concerned, uh, and 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 a lot of people are concerned that. Or what happens about what, what about longevity? You mm. know, uh, would if you eat a high protein diet, would you be all healthy and feeling great, but you shorten your life by I don't know? Uh, Does that make sense to you? I'm not sure. Years. I think it's way more complex complex than that. And that, uh, well, first of all, I think it's clear that. This is this concern of, of activating mTOR and activating you know cell division and driving mm -hmm. sort of aging. I think it's more based. I think the thing that that powers it the most is excess calories. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and uh, if you eat a higher protein diet in the way that we're discussing here, you mm -hmm. tend to end to end up eating fewer calories by a lot. Yeah. And, then, and the absolute know, higher... quantity of protein might go up a little bit, but the yeah. absolute amount of energy comes right down. So you're not obese, you're not driving overall energy excess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and vice versa, uh, the way that uh, many people, you know, live today, uh, you know, we have a, an uh, epidemic of of obesity and and of of type two diabetes, and that is, you know, that's accelerated aging. We know that that drives, you know, heart disease, mm -hmm. cancer you know, shortens lifespan, drives dementia. Mm. So no doubt if you're in that zone, uh, if anything, you're accelerating aging and, and, and raising the protein to get away from those problems should clearly lead to a longer life and a healthier life. 
And when I talk to Ryan Simpson about this, they they kind of agree. You know, if you if you go on a higher, well, they do agree. You know, they say yes if you go on a higher protein diet as a therapeutic tool mm. to improve your metabolic health, then mm. clearly that's a good idea, and they have no mm. objections whatsoever uh, to that. But they tend to think that once you get down to perfect health, then you should increase complex carbohydrates yep. and keep protein at a modest level for for Which, optimal uh, length of, of life. And, you know, maybe Which is effectively what you've done once you've got to your level of leanness, you've brought back in the energy. Yeah. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Like yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not overdo the protein once you're already at your optimal kind of health level. Yeah, they, they've got these fascinating studies in mice that are living on 60% protein, and they say these mice on 60% protein aren't as healthy as the ones on 45% protein or whatever, and somehow they get the result, the headline that you should eat more carbs and, and less protein, but it's like, well, mice live on average 23% protein, so you can yeah. imagine the the mouse and the 60% protein as the stage lean bodybuilder for the entire lifespan. Yeah. And <laughs> like we talked about before, that's a miserable way to live. Yeah. You're trying to get your, your glucose from protein through gluconeogenesis all the time. That's really hard work. And you can imagine that that's not a good way to live. But is no. that an issue for most humans living with a 7-Eleven and a Walmart around the yeah. corner? <laughs> it, it, you don't see many people going, oh, yeah, I'm too lean. I ate too much protein. Yeah, it just doesn't happen in the real world. Yeah, um, it's clearly it's one of those things where it's a U-shaped curve and you, mm. it, the, the, the thing should be try to find the best place for you to be. Surely there is such a thing as too much protein. It's more mm. of a question where is the where is the right balance? And, mm. and looking around in the world today, like you said, I don't think the problem today is people eating too much protein and being too lean. It's it's yeah. it's not, you know. It's not um, a thing. Well, you know, it's a small thing yeah. <laughs> compared yeah, to yeah, yeah. compared to a big problem, which is, you know, here we have a processed food industry that that floods the market with extremely low protein, high energy, you mm. know, low nutrition, addictive products, really. Mm -hmm. And that is driving obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, everything. Mm. That's the problem. I don't think the problem, well, that's the problem we need to get away from. And, and then the question mm. is, you know, how far should you go for optimal health and lifespan? Mm. That's a very interesting question, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure anybody knows the answer. Like certainly, you know, eating 10% protein and ultra processed foods is 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 terrible and you know robin Harbin and simpson say that you know this is the worst mm. possible diet if you're low mm. protein high sugar and high refined uh processed foods that's the worst possible diet and and that's basically what's easily available everywhere mm. at, at low cost right so clearly we need to aim well anybody who's interested in in health and lifespan they they, they should aim to increase protein and nutrition from that and where should they go maybe you know is it 20 percent protein is it 25 is it 30. i mean i guess it would depend mm. on your situation and and and, uh, and your metabolic health mm. yeah if, if you if you're sedentary and, and need to lose a lot of weight then dialing up the protein percentage by dialing back the fat and carbs yeah. is a good idea but if you're really active and you're trying to grow then you want to dial up the fat and carbs to support that growth because you just can't overeat the protein and yeah and you don't you, you're still going to get the protein and nutrients you need but uh, you need the fuel to, to fuel the activity and growth i mean I, I think for for most people if people are healthy um, and, and and not too much of a metabolic problem then you know taking protein just to 20 percent which you know to mm. me uh, today, today is kind of just just 20 percent might be might be fine you know maybe they're yeah. going to be super healthy there and also have a you know excellent lifespan etc yeah if you have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes or or you know obesity or metabolic health problems maybe you want to take it to 30 percent i mean there is mm. this fascinating study where they where they gave people a 30% protein diet, uh, people with pre-diabetes, and everybody uh, got rid of their pre-diabetes mm. on a 30% protein, 100%, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, every health marker improved. Yeah, so that's pretty fascinating. Like if yeah. you, if you have people with diabetes and pre-diabetes, etc., maybe help them just to get to thirty percent, which is is not that hard. You mm. know, it's not that extreme. Certainly, you can eat delicious foods and get to thirty percent, no doubt. Mm. Mm. Maybe that's all that's required, and then you know the forty fifty percent. That's more for fitness the hardcore freaks bodybuilders, and yeah, nerds yeah. and so on. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, I, when I do that, it's hard people, to right? sustain. It's hard to sustain yeah. that forty fifty percent, and eventually your body goes. I need the energy. Let's you know, yeah. you start dreaming of the donuts and the peanut butter and all these comfort foods to bring it to get the energy you need. So yeah, it's it's all about finding the nuance and balance to suit where you're at. And if you're a bit over fat, then dial up the protein percentage. If once you reach your goal, you you bring back the energy. Um, so, in terms of diet doctor and uh, this change, you've been fairly out there with a with a. We're going to help you simplify a higher protein diet. How's that been received, and what are the major objections, and what are your responses to those? I mean, YouTube comments are a fascinating place, and you've got a massive mm-hmm. following. That uh, yeah, how, how are you how are you managing that? No, I think the reception has been mostly quite positive from from you know uh, most people, and then you know there are some people. I mean, th- it is a, a challenge to to explain this. Like, you know, first we're saying that uh, uh, low carb, high fat is the way to go, and now we're saying that it's it's low fat. Mm. It, it can be perceived as that, and, and I well, I would say it's not it's not the case, right? Mm. From my perspective. We're saying that, yeah, sure, you know, low carb, high fat is a great proven mm. approach that works for a lot of people. It's also quite delicious. Mm. However, if you're not getting quite the results that mm. you want, then maybe dial down the fat just a little bit. It's not a low fat diet we're promoting. Mm. It's maybe going from, you know, 70% fat to 60% fat. Yeah. Okay, that's not yeah. a low fat diet. Really. It's not a low it's, fat diet. It's, yeah. it's not. It's just less high fat. Yeah. And then increase the protein instead. And, you know, of course, the, the thing that becomes really controversial is when you start saying, okay, well, maybe maybe high-fat dairy products, you know, that that's an option. Mm. Uh, but if you're on a, at a plateau and you're, you're not getting the results you need or want, maybe you can dial it back. Mm. Less, less high-fat dairy. Maybe even go to low-fat dairy, you know, mm. uh, Greek yogurt, non-fat. Mm. Mm. It's perhaps a great option <clears throat> for uh, for breaking through that plateau or, or getting leaner, mm. and, and and I think that is perhaps the most controversial thing. Like mm. here we go recommending high fat dairy, and, and suddenly it's low fat dairy. What mm. is it? Low fat or, or high fat? Yeah, and, and that yeah. gets confusing clearly. Uh, I really, think the, you're just adding another tool in the tool belt for your followers to say, okay, if, exactly. if you want to take it to the next level, here's another tool. Once you've stabilized your blood sugars, you can move to your ultimate leanness goal exactly. and then move and back I, to the high fat, higher fat diet. Either approach is, is, is viable, I think. And mm. you know, some people may feel that, hey, high fat dairy is so much more enjoyable to eat and mm. uh, you know, I need the energy. I'm happy about my mm. results. Well, great. You know, keep doing it. No problem. <laughs> uh, but if you're not happy with your results and you feel that eating a lower fat dairy product might be absolutely acceptable from a, you know, mm. deliciousness perspective, then that's like you said, another mm. tool in the toolbox. You can you can use it. Yeah. So you mentioned nuts. Don't go nuts for nuts. Ah, nuts. So yeah. Lots of people overdo them. That's the other controversial thing, I guess. You know, it's pretty fascinating because you're know, coming from that sort of carb insulin uh, framework. Uh, this is fascinating to me mm. in that there were always two things that all these experts were saying, like, okay, if you're at a weight loss stall, watch the nuts, watch the dairy. Mm. And it's like, but why? Because they're, mm. you know, they're low carb, right? Mm. And pretty high much fat. High, high fat dairy high fat nuts they are low carb why should you have to watch them but if you look at it from the lens of of protein leverage mm-hmm. um, energy density then, then it makes perfect sense yeah you know, they are they are high fat and low nutrition yeah. and, and, and yeah it all fits yeah they can be certainly so fits perfectly now into the model and the, these were always 
you know, I had this this argument with some leading people in the low carb arena saying that, well, maybe the nuts are a problem because they end up being a high proportion of the carbs in a low carb diet. But I, I don't really buy that, you know. Yeah. It's trying to still blame few, the carbs and the insulin. Yeah. It's just a few grams of carbs, really. Mm. And that's the problem, not the massive amounts of, of empty fat calories, sort of. Uh, doesn't really make sense. And if you go to, let's say, butter, you know, then mm. it becomes even even harder to explain. You're talking about minute qualities of protein being <sighs> ins insulinogenic and, and not the, you know, 80% fat <laughs> content. Not the 2,000 uh, calories of fat you just downed uh, in that bulletproof coffee. I just think overall there is a better model to explain this. Mm. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, it's great to see the, the low-carbon keto movement, I suppose, progressing and learning and continuing to refine, and that's what we do as um, doctors and engineers continue to refine and, and communicate that with people. Um, so where's Diet Doctor going in the future? I know you've got some massive plans. I don't know how much you can share, but um, yeah, what are, you, so what are you excited about for the future? So many interesting things. I think yeah, for the for the user, it's primarily I think about making it more more personalized support, if you will. Like you can think of Diet Doctor, we used to be a a content company, really, you mm. know, providing the best content when it comes to low carbon keto, the best information, recipes, meal plans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But what what we're really working towards now is is personalization so mm. instead of just you know okay you have access to all these information these courses these these recipes these meal plans you know pick and choose mm. what we want to make it into is is a system where you know a few minutes of telling us uh you know taking a survey etc you know who mm. are you what are your goals what foods do you like what don't you like yeah what are your health uh, issues and and what what are your dreams sort of what do you want to yeah. achieve and then we could provide you with a personalized journey with a personalized yeah. personalized meal plans personalized recipes and food recommendations personalized support for problems along the way hmm. uh, without having to pay you know thousands of dollars for personalized you know for for uh, for a human coach hmm. you know, we're we're aiming to provide that as well actually we have a, a coaching course coming up very okay. soon that's going to be very exciting to to release, um, mm. but you know, human support is always going to be more expensive. More expensive. Right? Yeah, we can have an automated system that helps you, guides you on the journey uh, at a very low cost, mm. or even try it out for free. Yeah, um, that's where we're. You know, that's what I'm most excited about now. Yeah. Really giving people that support. And then another thing that we are working towards that is super exciting is it's a little bit the opposite, which is, is providing tools uh, for professionals like doctors or coaches mm. or so on to, to help implement lifestyle uh, uh, changes for mm. for patients who are interested, right? Uh, so, so hard. I mean, I'm a family doctor. This is where I'm coming from so hard to do this in five or ten minutes with a yeah. patient almost impossible right so providing tools and resources where they can leverage all our content all our tools with their patients or, or coaches can do it that's with great. their clients etc that's the other thing you know dd pro uh, we have a pilot program uh, awesome. just for a few invited people and it's it's really exciting to see mm. where that will uh, will take us that's great and that personalization is so important you've got to always consider context and goals who are you are you trying to lose weight are you trying to maintain weight are you trying to grow are you active and yeah really exciting to hear the nuance and like we've talked about the the protein leverage concept can really help personalize that it's sort of the biggest lever that has the most powerful effect to, to dial up and down the energy yeah exactly and and, and um, just going back to what we what we talked about it, it is a bit confusing for people like what am I supposed to eat? High fat, low fat? You know, I, I don't think low yeah. fat is, is a great option, but you know, some people may may prefer that. Um, but you know, high protein, low protein. Um, what you know, 
should I be keto? You know, should I be below 20 grams of carbs or, or 100 grams or mm. what is it? Is it not carbs? Is it total carbs? It's just very confusing. I, I think it's great for uh, to be able to support people in those choices. You know, what yeah. makes sense from their perspective based on who they are, their health situation and what kind of foods they like to do, they like to eat. Mm. So to provide automated tools for like, okay, what diet is, is right for me? Well, come here yeah. and answer these, yeah. you know, 20 questions and we can give you yeah. a good answer. You know, we think yeah. this is the way to go for you, but you might also be considering these options, right? And then you can just pick and choose and then you can yeah. tweak it, tweak it as you go and get yeah, support that, to do that's that. That's really exciting. That's great. Yeah, definitely the the way that where it's at and you know, technologies there where you can guide people through that process to find where they're at and maybe they'll get to the point where they've reversed their diabetes and, and lost the weight and then they're active and running triathlons and they need more energy and they can change that tack and uh, yeah so it's very exciting i know you got to get on with your family and um get on with your day but anything else you wanted to add i really appreciate the time you've given today thank you so much no, I mean, thanks for having me on. Uh, always <laughs> fun to talk to you, Marty. And, uh, Thank you, you know, so much. Um, quite, uh, quite influenced by, by your thinking as well and, you know, reading Thank your you. book and, uh, and your writings. I, I think it's, uh, it's a great approach um, with, you know, maximizing uh, nutrient quality. Mm. You know, doing that in a simple way is really what we're trying to achieve yeah. as well, you know, yeah. to maximize satiety effects of food. And, and again, like you said, you know, if you do that, there's no need to count calories. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Exciting times. Yeah. I look forward to continuing to, to work together and chat and keep in touch. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Marty. Thanks, Andreas. Bye.